You are listening to the Murray Hills Church Podcast. To learn more about Murray Hills Church, including our gathering times and how to connect with us, visit us online at murrayhills.com. The other thing we like to do with brand new years is we like to start new series. And uh, that's because it's January and it's typically that time of year like people are, hey, new year, new goals, new habits, new plan. You know, we're going to start off right. We're going to be a church. So we're going to kick off a new series today. And today is is perfect series for the new year because we're going to talk about why church matters. Why specifically a gathered church matters. Why it's important. And it's all based on a conversation that I had in a gym. Uh, specifically a gym locker room with Ray Bronner at Game Time Sports and Training. And um, Ray's the youth pastor over at Grace Church of the Nazarene. And he works out a lot in the same class. I'm usually in the 8 or 8.30 class. And Ray's usually in one of those classes. And we had this conversation five months ago, maybe six, I can't remember how long ago it was, but we had this conversation a while back, and it has stuck with me ever since, and I decided to take that conversation and build a whole series around it, and let me explain where that comes from, okay? Um, Pre-COVID, I was very faithful to going to the gym, like, I I went three days a week was when I go to the gym, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, depending on how Monday went. So Monday morning sometimes didn't feel like it. So, But I, three times a week, I was there, and I was consistent. I was faithful. I was committed. I went every time I had the opportunity to talk. I, I just, that was, it was in my calendar. Like, I had it in the calendar. And if somebody called me and said, hey, can we do an 8 o'clock appointment? I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I got an appointment there already. My appointment was the gym. I didn't tell them that. I just, oh, I got an appointment this morning. And so, like, I, I went. All the time. And, um, of course, COVID hit, and everything shut down. They got shut down with every other gym, and that's no big deal. We just pivoted online. And so Jenny and I had some kettlebells in the garage, and we bought some horse stall mats, like rubber mats from TSC, and we just put those out in the garage, and we just built this little workout area, and we went virtual with our training. And the gym, they actually, Drew was actually doing virtual classes. So at 8 o'clock, he would be on Facebook Live, and I could put up my phone or my computer right there in the gym, and I could work, a lot, work out while we were doing the virtual training. And it was awesome, and I did really good with that for a while. And then I thought, you know, I don't really have to watch the whole thing. Like, I don't have to do the whole training with them. So I'll just watch the first two or three minutes. I'll take a notepad. I'll write down the workout. And then I'll, I'll do it on my own. I can kind of go at my own pace that way. Maybe do my own reps if I need to. You know, I'll just, I'll just do my own thing. And then as things progressed and we kept going virtual and I thought, you know, I don't really, I don't know that I need the virtual class. I could probably just come up with my own thing. I mean, I've been doing this long enough. I could just, I could just come up with some of my own workout programs and I'll just write those down and do those. And um, then... <laughs> As it kept going on, um, I started thinking, you know, three days a week, you know, I mean, a couple days a week would probably be fine. Well, long story short, the longer we went in the virtual option, the less consistent I got and uh, the less uh, committed I got. And it was just, I mean, it was just, we kind of, I just kind of got tired of, of that particular option. Well, the good news was the gym opened up, but I thought, eh. <laughs> You know, I don't want to be the first back. Um, 
I'm going to just give it a little time. I just want to see what happens. I just, you know, let's just, let's kind of watch, see what happens. I'm not, not real scared, but let's just kind of watch and see what happens. And so I, I drug my feet going back. And um, sometime in the summer, I finally went back to a class. And Ray happened to be in that class. And we were in the locker room. Here's, here's my motivation for this series. Is that right there? So uh, we were, I mean, we're standing in the locker room. And we just finished working out, and Ray said something like, hey, man, it was good to have you back this, this week. And I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. I just, you know, I'm finally, I was just dragging my feet. And he's like, hey, listen, I totally understand. I've been dragging my feet, too. And I said, I just, you know, I don't know. The, I needed to be back today because the, the virtual, I mean, it was good. I'm glad I had it, but, I, man, I really needed to, needed to come back. And Ray said, hey, me, too. Listen, I need the coaching. I need the accountability. I need the community. Uh, I need the focus. I need the people encouraging me to push myself just a little bit. I need people encouraging me, like if I don't show up, to say, hey, Ray, where you been this morning and all that kind of stuff. And like he's just explaining to me a gym. And I'm like, are we, are we talking about a gym or are we talking about church now? Because it sounds like we're talking about church. All that stuff you just said sounds like we're talking about church. And, and then so Ray and I started talking about church and we're like, and we were both at churches where we couldn't really gather as a church at that particular time. And we start talking about, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Like, we need, yeah, it's great that we have online, and it's awesome that we've got this option, and it's, it's incredible that we do, and, but, man, we just need the coaching, and we need the accountability, and we need the encouragement, and we need the connection, and we need the, need the community, and we need the people pushing us just a little bit, and we need the people lifting us up just a little bit when we need lifted up, and uh, I left the locker room that day and came up with this series, and I, I wanted to preach it immediately. Like, I wanted to preach about, like, we're going to talk about, you know, why church, why the gathered church matters. And it's because we need teaching, we need accountability, we need community, we need encouragement. We need to remind ourselves that we're part of something bigger, and we're part of a bigger community. And so, I, you know, like, we're going to teach it. I, this is going to be an incredible series, and I was going to launch it, like, in August. And I realized, you can't come back. Like, what, what am I going to do? I can't launch it in August because people can't come back. And so I'm just going to wait until we get the all clear. So I've been sitting on this, this, this talk, uh, this study since August, thinking I'm just going to wait until we get the all clear. And I realized a couple of things. One, the all clear is going to take a little bit longer than any of us expected. So, you know, it's, it, it may be next, this coming summer, before I get the all clear. You know, enough people have been vaccinated and there's enough, uh, the numbers go down and all that. So it's going to be a while. But two, here's what I thought about. I wish Ray and I had had that conversation three months earlier. I wish Ray and I had had that conversation before I came back to the gym. Because, honestly, I needed to be reminded of why I needed to come back. At the time, even when I couldn't come back, at the time it wasn't even open, while it was going on, I needed to be reminded because here's what happens. I started thinking I could do, like I can handle physical fitness on my own. I don't, I don't need a gym to do that. You don't need a gym to be physically fit. You can do that on your own. You can do that all by yourself. And I could, in theory, I could. But in practice, the longer I went without a community, the less faithful and committed I got to my physical fitness. I mean, I could. In theory, I could do it by myself. I absolutely could do it by myself. But the longer I went without my gym community, the, the less frequent I did it. And I think the same thing happens with church. 
All right, so we think, you know, like we, and we think, I, I don't need a church to be spiritual. I can do spirituality by myself, and that is a temptation. That is a temptation like any of us have. Is like, I can do this by myself. I don't need a community of people. I don't need a church. I mean, what, why, why do you need that? I'll just do this by myself. But I've never seen, and this is just my experience, I've never seen somebody who drops out of church and becomes more spiritual. I just haven't seen it. I mean, people that say, you know, I can do it by myself. And we get this attitude thinking that we can handle it on our own. We don't need a community of faith. I've never seen it happen where somebody drops out of a community of faith and they just grow in their faith. And I know as messy as the church is and as imperfect as the church is, we still need each other. We still need a community of faith. We need a community that pushes us a little bit. We need the teaching. We need the accountability. We need the encouragement. We need the community. I mean, this we need each other. Whether each other, it looks like online right now too. Like we need each other. We need that community that's going on in the comment section right now. That's why we made Ebony discipleship pastor and she's kind of doing the virtual lobby and all that because we know that we need each other, and we need connection. And so I started thinking about all the verses. Like, where would I go with this? If I'm going to explain this from, from the scriptures, where would I go with this? And you know the first one I thought of was Hebrews, because that's the one every pastor thinks of. You know, that Hebrews passage about, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one, or, one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Like, that was it. Like, we need the encouragement. Let's, let's get together and do that. Another one I thought of was uh, Acts chapter 2. And in Acts, it's, it's telling about the early church. And we're patterned after the early church. And so in the early church, they met together daily. Not weekly. Not twice a month. Not once a month. Not two times a year. They met together daily in the temple courts and house to house. And so it was more than just you know, church, so to speak. We think of church. We think of a building. And here's the thing. I meant to, I meant to say this line. This was such a good line. i got to back up and say it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we think of, listen, we think, I don't need a building. I don't need to come to a building to, to be spiritual. And I say, absolutely. But you do need a people. You do need a community. Because Christianity is not meant to be practiced in isolation. It is meant to be practiced in community. That's how we grow more loving. That's how we grow more patient. That's how we grow more joyful. That's how we grow more, more gentle. That's how, uh, that we grow in community. We do not grow in isolation. So the early church is a great example of that. They met together daily. They came for the apostles' teaching. They came for the breaking of bread. They came for communion. They came for giving. They came to, to praise God together and to worship God together. Uh, they came to enjoy each other's company. That's one of the things it says in Acts 2. They enjoyed the company of one another. Like, and that's something we've missed in 2020. I talked to two folks on the Christmas Eve services. They're like, it's the first time we've been back since March. And we just missed the company of each other. We still can't hug each other. And we, we're looking at each other's mask. And we're trying to, you know, interpret the, the mask smile. You know, we're looking at the wrinkles in the eyes to see if they're smiling back at us. Because we can't see if they're actually smiling back at us. But still, it's just that community and that connection. And the passage I landed on was actually uh, 1 Corinthians 12. And it's a passage where Paul is explaining to the church why they need each other. And he puts it you know, very simply and very succinctly. And it's a church not separated by a pandemic. It's, in Corinthians, it's a church separated by uh, division by disunity 
And this is what he says starting in chapter 12. I think it's verse, where am I starting? 12. All right, thank you. 12, 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And this was the part that I liked in particular thinking about like why we need church. This is what he says. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. God put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. There's a ton, I mean, he's using this analogy of the body, but there's a ton of spiritual truth in there that God put this body together, and he's talking about the church. God put this church together, and the different parts of the body can't say to one another, I don't need you. We can't say to the church community, I don't need you. The, The simple thing Paul says is we need each other. We need community, we need connection, we need each other in order to grow spiritually. We need that because sometimes we come in here and we're down and we need other people that can lift us up. Sometimes we're the one that's up and we're the ones doing the encouraging to other people. Sometimes we're the one that's suffering and we need somebody that just empathizes with us and knows what we're experiencing and says, hey, I can walk with you through this season of darkness. Sometimes we're the ones rejoicing and we just want people to to celebrate with us. We need each other. This community of faith that's been formed has been formed for a reason and it's been formed for a purpose. And we bring all of these different backgrounds, all of these different experiences, all of these different cultural expressions, all of these different gifts and all of these different abilities, different maturity levels as far as different times that we've walked with Christ. And we come together as a community of faith around a common belief And for a common purpose, to encourage one another. And to, I mean, yeah, we we like, well, we come to church to worship God. I know we do come to church to worship God, but we also come to church to encourage one another and and to, and to, to fellowship with one another, to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And we need that. I know, you know, like, listen. If you're watching online this morning, you're probably thinking, man, he's kind of throwing the guilt trip on us because we're online. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. Okay, that is not, I know you can't come back right now. Okay, I understand that. I'm not trying to put a guilt trip like, hey, I just want to be reminded of why we, why we need to come back when we can come back. Like when, when we're able to get the vaccine or when we're able, the numbers go down. I just want to remind us of why we need to come back because... 
in some instances, and please hear my heart here because I'm, some people will misinterpret this. It's possible that the cure is as damaging as the disease. And I hope you understand what I mean by this. I understand, like, if, if I get cancer, I will have chemo, right? That cure is, is, a, is nearly as damaging as the cancer. You got to do it. It's what's necessary. You got to do. That's how you defeat the cancer. So you got to do what you got to do. But you know how the, the chemo is as difficult to go through as the disease itself is to go through. And what I'm saying is the isolation is as difficult to go through as COVID is. And that's what a lot of people are dealing with. Right? Like, like when this started, I guess what I'm trying to say is. This is what we're doing right now, having the distance and the mask and, and not being able to get out. And, you know, most people are online and all that kind of stuff. That's not the new normal. It is not the new normal. It's the normal for now. And we got to do it for now. But that's not the new reality going forward. A lot of people are saying, well, this is going to forever change church. I sure hope it doesn't forever change church. Because we need each other. We need a gathered church. A gathered church is important. I'm not just talking about Sundays. I'm talking about being able to gather in your homes and being able to gather in restaurants and on your back porches and all those kinds of stuff. We need to gather with one another. When this whole thing started, uh, people were saying, like, everybody went home to work. And you've heard people, the, the experts, saying, oh, this is the new normal. This is what businesses are going to do. No, no business will ever have offices again. Nobody will come into the office again. Everybody will just go home and work. Because remember how productive we were in the first month or two like when we first went home it was like a breath of fresh air and it's like oh wow i'm getting so much more done i don't have to talk to anybody there's no distractions i don't have to ask how anybody's kids are doing or hear what's going on in their life or their drama i mean i just i just sit here and work on my computer all by myself and you get a ton done and and people are like they're not going to build offices anymore like they'll just they'll just send everybody home and and businesses won't build offices anymore you know what businesses are already discovering it's hurting the emotional health of their employees to be home by themselves all day, 100% of the time. That, that the productivity actually starts going down the longer you stay at home. Like We can survive in isolation for a little while when we need to, but the longer we're in isolation, the more it hurts our emotional health because those distractions in the day are actually community-building activities. Those, those, those sitting around, you know, the breaks and asking how are you doing and what's going on and talking about what happened with the Titans game or whatever it is, that they're missing collaboration they're missing that office environment and so a lot of companies are saying whoa don't know what wait a minute <laughs> let's don't this is not the new normal and they may have a hybrid model when they come back and you may work a little less in the office than you used to but i think office environments will be back nursing homes and hospitals they're doing what they have to do right now i do not fault them they are keeping their patients safe to the best of their ability but any of the healthcare workers I've talked to will say, this isolation is really damaging not only the emotional health of our patients, the physical health of our patients. I got, I got a friend whose, whose mom went into hospice, and uh, they could call it in the family because when you go into hospice, you can have visitors. And she couldn't have visitors for all of that time. And so they called in the family and said, this, it's hours or it, it's just days, you know. And so you guys need to come in and visit. And um, when they came in to visit, she immediately revived. And she started eating, and she started drinking, and she started talking about things and started getting you know, some memories back. She's struggling with dementia. But you know, 
she immediately revived. And it was because she needed family. I understand why she couldn't have family. I understand the protocols. I understand all that. But she needed, the isolation was her physical health and her emotional health was declining because of the isolation. She just needed community. She just needed people around her. And that's the way it, I, I think our physical health suffers in isolation. Our emotional health suffers in isolation. I'm convinced that our spiritual health suffers in isolation. We need each other. And so my challenge as we begin this new year, my challenge to you is stay connected and stay engaged. And that means if you're online, figure out how to stay connected with each other. Look at who's watching with you right now and text them and say, hey, how are you doing? I had not seen you. What's going on? I haven't talked to you in a little while. How's the family doing? And all that. I mean, just check in with each other online or through text or a phone call that, you know, however that is, you know, if you're in the room, be able to hang after just a little while and say hello to somebody. You can do it from six feet apart and all the things that you've got to do, but just talk, just check in and connect with one another because we need each other. Ebony's going to talk about that next week. She's going to talk about how we can connect and how we can engage and, and we just got to think through this thing together because this is not the new normal. This is a season. It is a temporary season, and we will one day be able to regather again as a church. Our staff spent a day and a half planning this week, and we were talking about, like, man, remember? <laughs> like, remember the big church gatherings? Remember the Easter and those, like, Christmas Eve a year ago? And remember what those things were like? We're going to get to do those things again. We will absolutely get to do those things again, and we need to do those things again. And we're going to get to have small groups again. We're going to get to meet in living rooms again and talk about life. And we're going to get to get together and pray again. Like all of that's coming. We're going to get to do that again. We just need to be reminded of why it's important that we take advantage of that opportunity when we have that opportunity. Let me say a, let me say a word of prayer for you. And, um, and we'll be dismissed. And I'll give you a little time to practice what I just preached, hopefully. So let's pray together. Father, it is, uh, it's been a challenging 10, 11 months, and uh, we know that we've got more days ahead of us uh, that are challenging. And I just I want to pray specifically right now for anyone who is struggling with um, anxiety or depression or loneliness due to this pandemic. And I pray they would reach out to somebody that uh, it's really hard to ask for help. But it's just an email, it's just a text, just send it and ask for help. I, I pray for those folks. Um, I pray that uh, the church would stay the church during this. The church has made it through much more challenging times than this. And they've made it through pandemics plenty of times before as well. But I pray the church would stay the church. And, and by that I mean that we would uh, seek ways to encourage one another, seek ways to engage with one another, and to stay connected with one another. And Father, may we never fall into the habit of saying we don't need each other. May we never think, even subconsciously, I don't need them. I don't need the church. Remind us of why we need this place because this place represents your body. And your son uh, died upon a cross to save us. And because of that common salvation that we share together, we form the body of Christ. We, we represent the hands and feet of Christ uh, in this community. 
And I pray that we would do that to the best of our ability uh, this year as we move into 2021. So, Father, be with the parts of this body. Be with the parts of this body that need encouragement. Be with the parts of this body that can be encouragers. And may we together grow up into maturity and grow up more into the likeness of your son, Jesus. And it's in his name I pray these things. Amen. All right, next Sunday, we'll see you then. Ebony will be picking up where I left off. So we'll see you then. If you are encouraged by today's talk, feel free to share it with your friends. Please also consider rating and subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please visit us online at murrayhills.com.